Welcome back to I don't like that at all, sir. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, you guys. Uh, staying outside the box is what he was trying to say. Today, we are talking about dopamine, the chemical in your brain. Now, I almost want to do like a little mini series, not mini series, a regular sized series on uh, brain chemicals. Um, Oh yeah, we should do one about each chemical. That's that's a great idea. Yeah, no, it's not just brain chemicals. A lot of it has to do with your your guts, your intestines, and whatnot, especially your, serotonin. Your heart, I guess. But like y- your, your intestines heart holds a lot of neurons. Really? Or the little stems that make up the neurons. I well, forgot what it was. Well, um, your gut biome is also really important for your brain chemistry. It directly relates to how a lot of these chemicals are produced and react. Your guts? Yeah, your guts, your stomach, your intestines. I think that's it, maybe, but, you know, I'm not, we're, we're not so on that episode yet. Today we're doing dopamine, which is mostly the brain. So you're telling me my shit maker dictates my emotions? Yeah, pretty much. I uh, eat plenty of yogurt, y'all. Actually, not even your emotions, like your general it's, happiness. If you eat yogurt every day, you're going to get a great gut biome, and you're going to be happy. Yogurt is the key to happiness. Right. Unless you're lactose intolerant, then you're just, yeah, just tolerate it. <laughs> just tolerate it. <laughs> All right, that's it. See you in the podcast, guys. See you next time. <laughs> yeah, but, um... Uh, I want to start. Do you want to start with defining dopamine? Uh, sure. It's a chemical. Yeah, dopamine is a type of neurotransmitter your body makes, and your nervous system uses it to send messages between your nerve cells. That's why it's sometimes called the the chemical messenger. No. And the the way your nerve cells work in in your brain, your neurons, it isn't just electricity like wires. Dopamine plays a role in how we feel pleasure, isn't? It's a big part of our unique human ability to think and plan, and it helps us strive, focus, and find things interesting, and it makes us happy. Now, the way your neurons work is not just like electricity, like wires. It's um, it's also uh, these chemicals have a huge part in how your brain uh, communicates with other parts of your brain. It's it's almost like a double communication system. There's the wires and there's also the chemicals. Um, now, dopamine specifically, um, I don't see any particular reason for the scientific stuff, but Google says your hypothalamus, your hypothalamus, hypothalamus, I forget, I think it's hypothalamus, makes it. Um, it makes it from amino acids, uh, L-dopa, uh, and then it yeah. changes that into dopamine, and bam, you got dopamine. The first amino acid, tyrosine, is converted into another amino acid called L-dopa. Then L-topa undergoes another change as enzymes turn into dopamine. Now, uh, on with the, away with the science stuff, which... Um, Unless you're, you know, in the science field, you would already know <laughs> about these things and the rest of what you need to know. Uh, we're, we're more worried about what you can do with that information, how, how it works, how it's af- affected by the decisions you make, for example. Fun fact. Too little dopamine can cause stiff movements or hallmarks or Parkinson's disease because it's a it's a lack of the messenger chemical. Now that's not the number two. That's T O O. Too little as in not enough. 
Yeah. Not too little dopamines. Just chilling. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, dopamine is used for several things. Uh, specifically, the enjoyment of the hunt. There's a better word for that. Um, thrill of the hunt. There you go. Thrill of the hunt. It's used for general rewards. It's used for obviously your emotions. Um, but a lot of it is basically reasons to keep you off your ass. Like before, um, all of our hyper sensitivity, all, all of our or under sensitivity, I guess, our phones, uh, highly highly palatable foods. Hold on. Before we get into the the philosophical part of it, yeah, I just want to spit this fun fact out. Spit it. Um, dopamine is made of tyrosine, right? Right. And uh, getting more of this amino acid from food could potentially boost the dopamine levels in your brain. There's evidence that the diet rich in tyrosine also may improve memory and mental performance. So you can increase your happiness... Maybe. Maybe. There's proof. By foods with high tyrosine. And this includes chicken, dairy foods such as milk, cheese, and yogurt. As I said earlier, yogurt equals happiness. Eat some yogurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Avocados, bananas, pumpkin, and sesame seeds, and soy. I'm really big on avocados. Everywhere Bro. I look. I see, eat avocados, eat avocados, the pH balance, avocados, keto diet, avocados, this thing, avocados, protein, all of it, everything is just avocados. Bro, I I love me a good morning avocado toast with some eggs on there and some feta. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing too about avocados, you can do so many different things with it. Um, Like my my favorite is uh, guacamole. You just squish one of them bitches up and just get some chips. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's hilarious. Yeah. Avocados, 100%. One of my top, I think, actually, my top food. Like, um, yeah, avocados. That's it. That's, that's my absolute favorite food on the planet. It's avocados. Not, it's not even. It's like so. When you eat it, it's like so healthy feeling. Yeah, no, Do you I get what I'm saying. I literally feel <laughs> hat like I when I crave uh, like guacamole. It's not it's because like I want so, the taste. No, it's like such a good fat, and I don't know. It's the feeling I get when I'm eating it. I'm like, yeah, this is what my body needed. Some green that tastes good. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Um, oh, what are we talking about? On to philosophy. Philosophy. The um. Well, not necessarily philosophy as much as evolutionary science, where back in the hunter-gatherer days, you would have um, the hunters and the gatherers, uh, even if you didn't, whatever, people have to do stuff, right, to survive. You gotta get food, whether it's hunting or gathering, or if it's even just getting rid of the dead bodies, you know, to prevent disease. Uh, you have this special chemical called dopamine that acts not only as a reward, but as a um, as a driver. All right. So, dopamine works on a system that uh, has a name: staggered or intermittent. I think it's intermittent reward system, something like that. There's a word for it, but basically it means that the more consistent it is 
the less you get it, right? Your your yeah. brain gets used to it. But your brain has a way of leveling its chemicals out to the balance that it already was in or has been in. Yeah, but let's go on the most natural scenario we could think of, because that sounds like it's useless, like you'd just run out of dopamine eventually. But here's here's why that's such a good thing. Um, when you go out and you hunt, you find nothing. You come back with little dopamine, right? Uh, then you go out the next day, you find something, you get a big shot of dopamine, right? Well, now, the next time you go out, you get a little dopamine just in anticipation, right? You get that little boost, that drive to work harder, to look harder, to look more, right? And even if you come back without that 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 massive boost from finding something, you come back with nothing that third day, right? And then now you're getting into this intermittent pattern of highs and lows. Another day goes by, you have a little less dopamine, right? But you still have enough to get up and get out there and go look for it. Fourth or fifth day, whatever we're on now, you find something and you get that, again, massive boost. And now suddenly your levels are back up. So the next day you're even more hyped to go out. It's this, um, basically, the, the more you farm an area, the less successful it is the more willing you are to give up on that area and go find something else. Because once you're comfortable with an area, you know, the fear of the unknown, you, you got to overcome that to find new areas with new foods that haven't been hunted or gathered or fished out or whatever. Yeah, and um, then the more dopamine you have, the more uh, stimulated you are, essentially, because you have more messenger chemicals in your brain. Yeah, your brain literally works physically so faster yeah yeah um it's like it's it's like upgrading a computer from like iron to copper but is, the, is that is that track is that right i'm thinking of iron to copper no, I, i'm copper to iron <clears throat> i'm thinking of temperature my bad it, you know it, you get better better items you you, you upgrade your brain you get a better cpu yeah she you click the upgrade button until it goes back down yeah so no. how can we incorporate this into a real life scenario real life problems that people face today so let's say you really want to get something done um like i don't know you clean the house right you clean the house every day it's really boring um so what you can do is have this sort of intermittent schedule right where you have days where you just like um metaphorically destroyed the place where you what <laughs> you really really deep clean is what i meant by that it's a terrible way to put it you have days where you really really deep clean just get everything <clears throat> and then afterwards you look back you get that dopamine boost because you're like, yeah, look at all that. This place is so nice now. But most of the days, you don't. Most of the days, you just pick up like normal, right? And some of the other days, you, like, do a little more or maybe you'll focus on a room so you get that staggering kind of some days a little better, some days are a little worse. But don't ever let yourself sit down. Right. Don't just give up one day because then your brain will get used to like, oh, this is resting. I love this. Not doing anything. That's pretty great. The thing is, if you don't clean your house, you're not going to die. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing that really drives you to get up and continue that intermittent dopamine. You've got to be the one who decides to get up and actually go around doing the things that you do. That's where discipline comes to play. 
Yeah, a little bit is always going to be discipline. But you can use the sort of dopamine brain hack of not only the intermittent, right, but also not overloading your dopamine. Yeah, so you can trick your brain into doing what you want it to do without having to do discipline all the time. And after after some time has passed, you can find yourself wanting to do these things without thinking about it because you've managed to get that dopamine hack. The, the thing is, you have to get yourself there first. You have to get the engine running before it gets it, it keeps itself going. Now, um, what I was saying about the not overloading your dopamine, right? Not having it basically desensitized. It's an obvious answer that none of us are... <laughs> it's the same thing everybody's going to tell you. It's the same thing everyone's going to tell you. Your drugs. Did you know that having too much dopamine or too much dopamine concentrated in, concentrated in some parts of the brain and not enough in others is linked to being more competitive, aggressive, having poor impulse control? It can lead to conditions that include ADHD, binge eating, addiction, and gambling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, imagine a little mouse. I think I made this before. And you put a little button on there right in front of them, connected to their brain. And it's a free dopamine button. Right? Right. Dopamine is a pleasure chemical, and it helps us survive. Right? Right. Just like uh, if you sexually stimulate yourself. Sexually stimulate yourself? Yeah, imagine that <laughs> ten times better. It's 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 that the, you did a good job button. Would bash the shit out of that button until it killed itself. And this actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how humans would react if there was a pleasure button. It's literally how your brain is wired. We would get so addicted, it would just be like impulsive con- overcoming. Or Wait, be- I got a I got an image coming back to my mind. Was it? Was he like chilling there, like? Max relaxed, just laying on the floor, smashing the button. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But the 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 idea, the thought of the picture is pretty funny. But the idea itself is horrifying. Because that's basically what we're doing with our phones. I was talking about earlier drugs. I don't mean actual yeah. drugs. I mean the animation from politics. Question actual right? drugs as well. Yeah, no, it is actual drugs. Your phone, it's literally a drug. Your brain chemicals. We'll talk more about this in this little series we're about to start. Um. But it it quite literally does the same thing with your dopamine, right? The thing is, because you don't have that, um, because you have that intermittent intake of dopamine, sometimes when you scroll through TikTok, you find something that either makes you laugh or that's really awesome and you want, you, you know, things that you like. And sometimes you can scroll for hours and everything's like kind of okay. It's training you to scroll through your phone the same way that evolution trained you to eat food to survive. And humans have figured out a way to manipulate the survival mechanism into making capital gain and imprisoning you to your phone and not living real life. Now, these, in being in constant access, thing is, you don't have to get up, go hunt, waste time to scroll your phone. You can do that all day any day after a while we obviously get desensitized just from the sheer amount of uh, of it that we're doing right until it just becomes 
like you know normal life when you go without it you literally brain scans uh, several studies have been done to show that your brain is 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 literally in withdrawal when you're without your phone because when you're scrolling and your brain has a constant high this dopamine high and you keep scrolling in search of another dopamine hit because the past hundred TikToks haven't been enough. And you just want that next hit. And like when you keep looking for that perfect porno to where you can, you know, porno finish your job, you just keep doing this before you know it's 10 hours or when you're seeking for that next, uh, I don't I know, like meth, your vocabulary. meth hit. <clears throat> What what's wrong with my vocabulary? You don't people don't say porno. I was trying to make it professional. No. Oh, <laughs> porn. <laughs> when you're looking for your next porn hit, and it's been like 24 hours, and you're still looking for that one video, just just a video that's just right. Yeah, that's your brain searching for that next hit, and when you don't have that your baseline is going to be a lot lower than when you had it because your brain has a way of regulating itself. So if you're at a constant high, when you don't have that, you're going to be at a constant low. That's why you get really depressed. You don't want to do anything. You get unmotivated. And you just want to be a couch potato all day. And in order to fill for that gap, that emptiness, the low dopamine... You watch another porn video, or you scroll on TikTok for hours, or you do another shot of meth. That's that's how it works. A shot of meth. Or, I don't know how... I don't do meth, so I don't know how that works. I, I'm just really enjoying the way that you're saying things today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, moving on, uh, some of the... Some, a little bit more science behind it, trying to, like, sprinkle it in here and there. Um, things that happen when you have low natural dopamine are things like bipolar disorder um, ADHD OCD uh, a lot of these things you do the things that you do and search for basically any normalcy of dopamine it's why these people are so prone to addiction things that give them almost a sense of like I said normalcy as opposed to this uh you know, when you have this lack of dopamine, you're almost in constant search for it. Just naturally, the the way that your brain is programmed. And just like phones, any drug, anything can be an addiction. Um, weed. Most people don't see weed as an addictive drug, but it is. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you're a chronic user of marijuana, marijuana. your brain... <laughs> if you're a chronic user of marijuana, your brain receptor, your dopamine receptors are fried as hell because every time you take that hit, you're getting a dopamine release. And if you're high all day and you're at your fifth joint and you're going to want to do that all the time because without the weed, you're going to be at a constant low. You're going to be at a low for a long time long time and, then you wonder, and that's why you're going to be depressed you're going to be sad and you're not want to do anything and that's why marijuana isn't going to it's going to give you the illusion that 
when you smoke weed, you're happy, you're a lot nicer, and blah, 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 because you're replenishing that constant low that you've caused by being constantly high in the first place. Now, there are studies that show that moderate amounts uh, help in certain ways. Yeah, in a moderate, in quote, moderate. But when you're taking, like, a joint or two, and you're still not satisfied, quote-unquote, you aren't content with what you have, back to the satisfaction and contentment episode. I'm all for weed in moderation. Yeah, for sure. It's just, when it becomes, like, it takes over your entire life, when you have to include weed as part of your budget, which you should be budgeting, cough, put the phone down and start, or no, pick the phone up and start budgeting right now. Um, <laughs> if, if it's taken a chunk out of your paycheck in your budget, then this, you've got to do something because either you can live the rest of your life basically relying on weed, which is essentially the idea of medicine, which I also disagree with. We can do a whole little rant on that. You want to talk about medicine? Modern Ooh. medicine? Are you disagree with modern medicine? No, not entirely. Oh, I okay. <laughs> disagree with relying on a pill to level out your hormones. Yes, now, I disagree with that too. In some situations, sure. I can't completely disprove I'm... that you don't need it, and I'm sure that some people really do. But for the most part, it's either your eating habits, your uh, lifestyle choices, uh, your past traumas that you have yet to work through it's it's decisions that you could make there are decisions you could make to not need these medicines but instead they convince you that you have depression so you need uh, this so you have anxiety so take, you need that they take they give you antipsychotic medication for depression bro like there's do you really need antipsychotic depression uh, medicine like, because your dopamine is low what happened to the other defcon stages you know what i mean just yeah. go full blast and start loading them with chemicals what and it is then, is that they're capitalizing capitalizing on these people's minor i don't want to like minor compared to some other big deals like schizophrenia and other uh more serious uh psychos psychotic illnesses like especially teenagers and they feel depressed like yeah no crap they're exploding with hormones teach them how to handle them mentally instead of just shoving pills down their throat and making money off of them and then that's inhumane and then they're stuck doing that their whole life because they were never taught how to manage their emotions it's Ugh. ridiculous i'm so glad you agree with this because um because you're you have you have autism and you were put on pills as a child right and th talk about your anecdote like how do you how did you come to the stop process even though you literally had a reason to be on those pills not just depression yeah. and anxiety first it was adhd they put me on several different medications for that and then it was anxiety and then it was depression right um and i'd been diagnosed from an early age with autism they they were basically like yeah i know all these things just kind of come with autism after i don't know probably like 16 or 17 years old i said fuck all of this i <laughs> i i don't know why but i just had this i was confident for no reason i hadn't heard anybody talk about something like this i just felt in my gut 
like 100%. I was so confident that I didn't need medicine. I just needed to figure out how to think differently, right? So what I did was I uh, basically just started sitting down and thinking about it. Anytime a bad feeling would happen, I would stop and follow it basically back to where it came from. I would figure out why these things are happening. And almost every single one of them was because of habits that I had formed. It, it, it's obvious to me now that I had formed these habits because they would uh, give dopamine, right? Like you, you'll see the kid flapping his arms in the hallway. Dude, it feels great. The repetitive <laughs> motion it physically creates happiness. I couldn't tell you why. Once I learned that, it was really easy to control uh, like Tourette's. I still do them in minor forms, but... Um, like when I'm in public, for example, unless I'm not paying attention. As long as I'm paying attention, then I just don't. It's literally a habit that I formed uh, because of yeah. that natural dopamine thing. Uh, also, there were things like antisocial, right? They said I was antisocial or I had social anxiety. It's not that I had social anxiety. It's that I was stressed out because I didn't know how to talk to people. Well, guess what? That happens when you don't talk to people for 14, 15 years. The issue is that as a child, I never really cared about having friends. I didn't really care about what the world saw me as. So I never took the time to learn how to be a quote-unquote normal person. So after 16 or 17, I just started looking around at other people and I figured it out. It was that easy. You just <laughs> learn. It's It's habits the things that you do you the decisions that you've made and the decisions that you make that you don't need medicine to relieve most of these things you just need to learn how to think in a certain way whether that's thinking oh i need to learn how to do this or oh i need to stop doing this or i need to form a new habit or break an old habit whatever it is it's almost all mental psycho psychological in some way yeah, that's crazy. It's, it just blows my mind because I remember when I first, well, we, we first started living together at Dad's house. Um, your Tourette's were bad. Yeah. It was really bad. It was like the whole right, was it right arm, right shoulder, and you kept like moving your head to the right. I didn't. I don't. I don't remember which side it was, or if it mattered which side. There, I think my worst one was like the either the full body shutdown. Yeah. Where, um, but that the reason I started doing that is because the one before it was the full body, almost like a seizure. But it was like intentional. It was a sort of voluntary, about as voluntary as scratching an itch. Like you can avoid scratching an itch, but it just sucks because you're sitting there thinking about it and thinking about it thinking about it until you're just like like, fine i'll do it your eyes would roll to your back of your head too yeah yeah no there is i remember i was peeing once and then you didn't know i was in the bathroom (laughs) yeah (laughs) right i'm just peeing and then the door opens and there's a kid to my right with white ass eyes eyes to the back of the head and he's just tweaking out it scared the shit out of me <laughs> yeah. uh, and this was when you were still new from from, from yeah. the other country yeah oh, man. yeah no it was it, it used to be pretty bad but again all it took was learning these habits at that point it was so hard to control because when I wasn't doing them I had this lack of dopamine I was physically not physically I guess physically too yeah but I was literally stressed like massive amounts of anxiety just from the 
drastic drop in brain chemicals. Um, it's basically the same as just smoking all day, every day. And then when I stopped smoking, when I stopped doing whatever it was, I wondered why I got stressed out. It was a, a slow progression. A, um, instead of going told cold turkey, right, I just slowly worked my way down, just the same as any other addiction or dependency. And not only that, but there was also replacing, right? I, I got off of, what was it? I got off of alcohol, right? I replaced it with weed, and then I replaced it with food, and then I replaced it with uh, <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just slowly eased that out, and now I'm back to normal levels, right? It was the same with the Tourette's. I, would, I replaced the, the full body tense with like... Um, like an arm tense or something and I replace that with like eye movements or like nose twitches yeah. and I replace that with just like hand movements because like I can just move my hands around and half the time people won't even notice yeah it's very it's not noticeable at all I mean because I've known you for so long it's I just don't notice it yeah it's just like a, oh that's him yeah it's like what? <laughs> hey, hey is he okay what, what do you mean like what's he doing somebody like one of my close friends looks at me they see nothing wrong <laughs> he just goes he's like what do you mean he's like look at his hand like, oh yeah no he just does that <laughs> uh, you know but uh, autism i, I want to do an episode on that I was about to go You've into... You've been wanting to do that episode on this ever since we started the podcast, like, didn't you? Bro, I never wrote it down. I'm going to write that down real quick. Um, dopamine, you, though. You did th- You did an episode on that one on our podcast before this one where we did, like, one episode and never again. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I remember now. Um, that was with... What, like, uh, did you bring the microphone, or was it phones that we were recording? Uh, we just put a phone on a, by a table, and we s- talked into it. Right. The the other guy that we were going to do this podcast with, we, me and him also did the same thing. And, uh, Bro, we should do, a, like, an other secret, unreleased episode. We have a, we should a lost episode. Yeah, but we should put that one out, too. Uh, me as, like, a th- oh. what, 13-year-old, oh, 14-year-old. that old one. Do we have that old one? Uh, I thought you had it in your old account. I might. I still have like all my accounts, so that's it's, dope. Yeah, probably in there somewhere. Um, nonetheless, uh, dopamine. Right. right. For me, how it went was it was food and video games, and then one day I woke up and I looked in the mirror, and my girlfriend broke up with me. That helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Less distractions. Yeah. Um. And I just hated myself because I got fatter and I got lazier because I was comfortable. It was a constant release of dopamine. And when I didn't have that dopamine, like running, you didn't have, you don't have that initial dopamine when you run. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. It's a late release of dopamine that makes you feel good. Um, so I didn't have that dopamine. I was used to the dopamine. Uh, and then Dopamine. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to gather the thoughts. Yeah. And, yeah, it got left. I got fat, unmotivated, and I was just gross. And I just hated myself so much to where I wanted to change myself. So so what you're saying is... I quit everything cold turkey, and I started going to the gym and started running. And I realized that I had... I kept making excuses that I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. That was just an excuse to feed my dopamine addiction. Yeah, it's literally, I don't have time. What What do you mean? What are you doing with that time? Yeah, so if you look into 
if you plan your whole day and look how much time you have, you will realize that you have a lot of time. Even if you work 12 hours a shift. Most of it is just you want to scroll your phone or you, or want, you want to, to play re- games. Or you want to sit down and watch a little YouTube video. or And before you know it, it's two hours and your whole t- free time off of work is wasted. And so you don't have enough time. Yeah, so I started going on runs and I started going to the gym and I replaced my uh, video game with... Now, to be fair, some people really don't have enough time. That That is something that actually happens. Yeah. But yeah, and I replaced the video games with hobbies like music and photography and animation, I guess, now. But yeah. And yeah. then I replaced my binge eating with meal prepping and planning out the meals and going to the gym and going on runs. Meal prepping is amazing. You don't ever have to make anything, right? You just set aside a day where you do the whole week and then whenever it's... You don't ever think about food. Anytime you're like, I'm hungry. No, you're not. You just want dopamine. Shut up. Your stomach is lying to you. Go do something. Just don't... And then if if you meal prep, if you plan your whole week that one day where you're not hungry and thinking about fulfilling those dopamine needs you got to eat your breakfast or do your dinner or whatever whichever free time you have and then meal prep at a not hungry mind because if you're hungry your body's gonna want to fulfill that that hunger so if you plan your whole week and during any time in that week you're like oh i've been good let me get an ice cream or oh i've been good i can get an extra meal you know maybe, maybe you don't even need that Maybe even whack one out before you before you plan. You know, get that that uh, <laughs> get desensitized. You hear you totally got your dopamine fix and you're ready. You go smoke a cigarette if you smoke. Though I totally believe in cheat days, but those are regulated slippery slopes. Super difficult to manage. Cheat days? No, they're not. For if me, you... I always spiral. I'm like, oh, I can do this. I like. It, I think it would help a lot if I wrote it down. And then, like, See, laminated it. <laughs> we're not telling you to be a robot. Yeah. Go out with your friends. Go out with your families. Eat whatever. That's your cheat day. The That's what a cheat day is. Go is have fun. Go go be a human. Everybody but, moderates. But you got to moderate more is what we're saying. Nobody sits. I mean, some people sit down all day. Wake up. Munch. Until they sleep. Some people wake up all day. Play games until they sleep. They're not really moderating. But most people don't. Most people do have some form of moderation. But most people don't have enough moderation, if that makes sense. But yeah, uh, go be a human. Go yeah, go dude. enjoy life, but don't overdo it to where you're fucking 700 pounds and you can't step over a little notch and you blame your shoes. And what a lot of people don't realize is you can get this dopamine. You can find actual enjoyment in things like cleaning, in things like exercise. These are things your body wants to do. It sucks to get there, though. It's the quick dopamine that people are addicted to. They don't want to have to work for it. Thing is, once you're done working out, you're so happy you did. It's an amazing feeling to just even go on a run. You know what I mean? Um I mean, if you sit down all day, every day, you might not feel that way for the first little bit. But once you get your body back up and running, it's a lot better. So if you get your brain used to this quick fix of dopamine, and it's going to constantly crave that quick dopamine, 
But if you put your foot down and say, no, I'm going to work for my dopamine, and you go on a run, you go work out, you take a cold bath, whatever, whatever you do, go, I don't know, go work on your hobby. Cold bath, that is a debated topic. There are people who swear by it, but there are, uh, I want to look at the studies, right? A lot of studies say they found something. A lot of studies say they found nothing. Uh, but no studies say yes. But also no studies say no. I, I feel like a lot of it is like, it helps in it helps certain things, but a lot of people just don't need those things. Or a lot of people don't allow those things to work. Like, for example, some people are just going to complain every second that they exercise. They're going to sit there and complain about how much they hate their life and what they're doing and then wonder why they don't like exercise. (laughs) It's the same thing with a cold bath. A lot of people are going to sit there and whine and bitch and be like, oh my god, this sucks so bad, I hate it. And And those are the people who relapse. Yeah, exactly. Those are the people... You have to convince yourself to be into it because you can convince yourself of whatever you want. Your brain is very malleable. So if you convince yourself that you hate it, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to like it. You have done, gone, and manipulated yourself. You gaslight yourself into hating these things, into hating getting up out of bed, into hating work, into hating whatever. Um, uh, not, not even dopamine at this point, as much as general psychology. So, dopamine works actively and reactively. So, if you don't like working out, and you say to yourself, Woo! It's a fucking great day. I'm going to go hit the gym. I'm going to do something productive. I love working out. It makes me feel good. It makes me It makes me better myself. You're going to get an increase in dopamine. Yeah, even if right? you're sitting there holding back the tears. One day you won't be. <laughs> it's, that, yeah. it's, it's that simple. And it's if not you wake easy. up in the morning and you're like, oh, I hate my life. I hate my job. I hate my kids. I hate my wife. There's going to be no dopamine. Nothing. Sounds like you're just going to do a bad rap song. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> funny. But yeah, you're going to get no dopamine. Nothing's going to happen. And then the... The research about cold baths, cold bath isn't about how, well, it kind of is how your body reacts to it, but that's not proven. It's about doing something that you don't want to. So in return, after it, you feel good about forcing yourself, disciplining yourself it helps. to take that cold bath. And in return, that releases dopamine in your head because you feel good about doing something that you didn't want to. In the psychology aspect, without the dopamine involved, it helps you realize how much control you actually have over yourself. But I, I started, and I was a little bitch, and then now I can just, it doesn't bother me at all. And it's not even about desensitization. Like, every now and then, I'll just randomly turn on the cold just to see if I still can. It, it's literally just about... And then you can. Yeah, it's about how much you allow yourself to take control. It's about how much willpower you allow yourself to have. But people convince themselves, right? Our brains are very smart and we convince ourselves that we can't or that we don't want to or that we hate it. It's it's a lot of it is psychology. Yeah. Um, therapy gotta... is really the one all thing that I can really think of here. It's just therapy because they've got that kind of whole download or like a psychotherapist, a psychologist, whatever. But without 
actually seeing somebody, do we have like a principle that we can download or that, that we can like, like a, like something to put on a wallpaper, for example. Oh, like a words saying things. What do you mean? Yes. Like we need quote? words. I'm looking for. Yes. Yes. Like a, a quote, quote, a quote, an idea that you can remind yourself of every day to help through these things. Um, you are the master of your world or you're the master of your brain. I'm saying mind. Back mind. to the hey, you are the mind, master of your mind. Yeah. You control everything about you. You are amazing. You are beautiful and you're one of a kind and you're precious. You were talking to you. And you can control everything. Whatever you want to do, it's going to be hard. But you can think whatever you want to think, and you can do whatever you want to do. Sometimes it feels impossible. Trust me, I am not a creature of perfection, and he's definitely not a creature of perfection. Over here <laughs> twitching out. <laughs> <laughs> we struggle too. Everybody struggles. The point is trying to be better day by day, not being addicted to that dopamine. Be aware of that dopamine in the back of your head. Be conscious of that. One of the things about being a human is that you're never not going to have, at some point, a struggle or a suffering. I think is how, I think I think it's Buddhism is a one of the certainties. One of the only certainties about humanity is suffering, where whether even though you're pretty much no matter what you do, you're always going to experience suffering. It's up to you whether you do something about that or not. Or whether you continue your habits, or just sit there and continue to, uh, well, yeah, continue the habits. Continue to drive the things that make these uh, these problems even worse. Or if you take action to to say, I'm I'm tired of this. Just sick of all the suffering. Um, you have to take action and start that. I keep saying start the engine. What I mean by that is an, an engine you know, will keep itself going once it's running. But in order to keep it going, you've got to actually get it started first. You've got to use energy, and it does suck. It does suck, but here's the thing. You're going to suffer either way. You can either use that suffering to end the suffering, or you can sit there and just let the suffering overcome you and become your entire life. The way I see it is, um, I like to imagine if you're religious, heaven and hell on one planet. Heaven is if you choose to do the right thing, and hell is if you choose to do the wrong thing. And in this situation, the wrong thing would be continuing your suffering of laziness, lack of motivation, um... Like you're not going to be yanked into heaven. you got to get up off your ass and walk there first. And uh, the heaven in this situation would be like hardworking. Uh, exercising. Exercising, doing yeah. things that you don't want to do Diet to better changes. yourself. It's a... Hell is cheap dopamine. Heaven is uh, good dopamine. That's the way to put it. Earned dopamine. Uh, hell is like... You have oh 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 oh! I've always noticed this. 
there's good highs and bad highs, right? The bad highs, hell in your analogy, are forced highs, right, that you get, that you experience the balance, you experience the suffering afterwards. You get the high and then you get the low. But the earned ones are always better. The ones where you you stick through the low first and then you're rewarded with a high, right? You, I don't want to keep saying you get to heaven, but you know what I mean. You gotta, you have to push through the low and there's, so it's, you get the reward, right? Um, but there's an extra reward of knowing that you were able to push through it. Again, with the cold shower where you get to see how much willpower that you really have. Plus you get to feel good about yourself. The, the fact that you were able to do it Plus, you get to reap the benefits of what it is that you did. This uh, reminds me of a book that I've read. It's called As a Man Thinketh. If you're into this whole thought process, you should go read that. It's essentially about a book that's telling you that you control your world. You control how you think. And if you're upset, that's your fault. If you're sad, that's your fault. Because you control what is up in your mind. That is the fundamental fundamentals of what we're talking about today. If you approach every situation as a learning experience and take accountability for your thoughts, it's not going to be easy. Like I said, we're not a creatures of perfections. We get upset sometimes. But as long as you acknowledge the fact that you don't have to be or you don't have to be addicted to this then you can grow and learn it then you can grow as a person now habits can be in the form of thoughts as well like a lot of people will go through the entire day talking about how much they hate themselves or how incapable they are or how unself-aware they are but a lot of this is as simple as literally just doing the opposite to wrap up the episode the biggest idea without putting it into a single neat little sentence um, I think the biggest thing to take away is that if you truly want to fix your dopamine you've got to fix your habits you've got to make the decision right to actively find out what it is that you're doing that holds you back and find ways that will work, right? Because it'd be nice if we could just stop doing things cold turkey, but we all know that just doesn't work. Um, find ways to convince yourself to do it. Find things that will work. Find ways to become the better person that you want to be. Right? But in order to do all of that... Remember to stay inside that box, you guys. Thanks for listening.